the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. We're running a few reruns. I'm taking a few days off. I'll be back live on January 3rd. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, December the 6th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today on December 6th, 1865, the Thirteenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolishing slavery was ratified as Georgia became the 27th state to endorse it. Today in 1790, Congress moved to Philadelphia from New York. Today in 1907, the worst mining disaster in U.S. history occurred. 362 men and boys died in a coal mine explosion in West Virginia. Today in 1923, a presidential address was broadcast on radio for the first time. Calvin Coolidge spoke to the joint session of Congress on the radio. Today in 1957, America's first attempt at putting a satellite into orbit failed as Vanguard TV3 rose about four feet off Cape Canaveral launch pad. Yeah, four feet before crashing down and exploding. But we learned from that and, of course, went on to become a leader for a number of years. Not so much now in space travel. Today in 2017, President Donald Trump declared Jerusalem to be Israel's capital. Associated Press, in reporting that this this morning, is editorializing with it, not just the news from old AP. They're saying he was defying the warnings of from Palestinians and others around the world that he would be destroying hopes for Mideast peace. Actually, President Joe Biden has destroyed the hopes in that he did not follow through on the Abraham Accords that Trump had almost put together when the last election occurred for the presidential election. Trump had put a deal together with those people in the Middle East that uh, they were going to sign, and, and there were a number of Middle East countries, including Israel, that were going to sign that they wouldn't be fighting with each other. Would have that been a lasting treaty? No, of course not. The Bible is very clear about what's going to happen in the Middle East, in particular, uh, in the end times. And I believe, personally, we're coming very near the end times. I believe Jesus is coming. I believe Christ is going to rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. And I believe we're headed into that part of history. And we may be closer than we think. Certainly closer than some think. We should be ready. But Trump had put this together, and from a political point of view, it was an excellent agreement. Everybody was saying that. And, of course, Joe Biden came in, and after he had opened the borders, the southern borders, the next thing that he attacked were things like that, that he just didn't believe in, didn't want any part of. And um, here we are today with what's going on in our world. I want to talk to you a little bit today about... James Carville, I don't know if you remember him or not. I think most of you will. 
he was extremely prominent and visible. He loves to be visible. Uh, during the uh, Clinton era in American politics. But Carville continues to have quite a bit of influence, and um, he's exerting that now very strongly. He was a longtime strategist uh, for the Clintons, as I said, and others, and the Democrat Party pay attention to him. He says some things that are off the wall from time to time, and he said something over the weekend that is really caught my attention. I want to talk to you about it in light of some other things that are happening in our world today. But he um, he took he really took on the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. He called him a Christian nationalist, but he went on. He's not a Christian nationalist in the way they define Christian nationalism. But he went on to say that the Speaker of the House this is James Carville. And normally you would say what I would say. Who cares what James Carville, Carville thinks? Well, as I said, he's he's on the media still a lot, and a lot of people a lot of people listen to him and they're influenced by what he says. But he goes on with that and he says that that Johnson is a Christian nationalist, and he said, who poses a greater threat to America than Al Qaeda. That caught my attention. His combinations served a deeper purpose. They point out the profound spiritual void that causes liberal politicos or politicians to dehumanize faithful Christians for believing in eternal pre-political morals. In other words, if the moral, a moral saying or a moral absolute wasn't in place, before these politicians arrived in D.C. or wherever, it doesn't. It's of no value. We are the end all. That is the that is the beliefs of the progressive. Ben Johnson saw this article as well. He wrote for it in the stand. He said the the English Bible translates the Greek word for slander as the devil. That's the Greek word. He said in Cajun which James Carville is, lives in Louisiana or somewhere down there, but he is Cajun. He said, in Cajun, Ben Johnson said, slander translates to Carville. <laughs> I don't speak Cajun, so I, I didn't fact check that, but that's what he wrote. Mike Johnson and what he believes is one of the greatest threats we have today in the United States. I promise you, I know these people. Carville raged on on overtime. It's a segment of Bill Maher's HBO show, which, interestingly enough, kind of confusingly enough, it airs on CNN. And quite a few people watch him, and they follow him, as I said, and that's why it's it's important enough to mention what he says and what he's thinking. Tim Graham, associated with the American Family Association, he and his family, actually, uh, he said, does anyone give Carville a breathalyzer before he suggests a well-mannered Christian Republican is worse than Al-Qaeda? He put that on X, Twitter. Uh, others were responding to it. But Mayor said back to Carville, he said, you're talking about Christian nationalism. And Carville said, yes. He said, this is a bigger threat than Al-Qaeda to our country. To hear the former Clinton strategist tell it, America stands one election away from being, becoming the United States of, of Gilead. Uh, he, I don't know if he believes it or not, but he insists 
what he's speaking, and as lately as just a couple of days ago, he insists that Christians in America are trying to make America into a Christian nation, much like the Muslims have made their nations, the places where they live in abundance, a Muslim nation. And nothing is further from the truth. I, I'm sure there are Christians who want that to happen, but I don't know any. I know a lot of people I have over my life. I'm not in contact with nearly as many as I used to be, but, man, I, I didn't know Christians with any influence, pastors, national, you know, with national uh, leadership and national influence. I didn't know of anybody in ministry, in leadership, that wanted that for America. I certainly don't. I don't speak for them, but I, I just know where they were coming from. And we talked about about how we keep getting labeled, what, even back a few years ago. And now this is being carried on. Ben Johnson says Democrats worrying over Christian congregants while their left-wing base recently made the words of Osama bin Laden go viral seems misplaced. He said, it's like, physician, heal thyself. He's referring to a letter to America. It's written by, apparently, it's said to be, and it sounds like it, and people that have been really researching this say it, it probably was, was probably a, a, a verbal speech or talk that Osama bin Laden gave and somebody, you know, translated it or transcribed it and put it out in print. And, and of course, it was said some time ago, he's, bin Laden has not been with us for some time, thankfully. But he, um, it's in the context of the, of the time in which he lived and did his dirty deeds on America and elsewhere. But it has gone viral. And thousands, tens of thousands, perhaps millions of kids, particularly across America, college, high school kids, have read this thing. And it is having an effect. And so it's often referred to in the news as the letter. And the news media has been trying to tamp it down. They don't want a lot of coverage on it. In fact, some of the people that first published this, uh, this letter to America from Osama bin Laden were in Europe. And they've taken it off their websites. And I've noticed that. Uh, TikTok was the main driver of this. And there's, you know, just millions and millions of millions of young adults and so on, and people of all ages on TikTok, which is controlled by China. They saw the opportunity for this, so they put it up on TikTok almost immediately, so as many people as possible could read it because it's in the best interest of communist China for people to read what Osama bin Laden wrote in this, what's was titled, it is titled, the, uh, the a letter to the people of the United States, the people of America. So Carville is reflecting the views of others, including Osama bin Laden and the Chinese Communist Party and others. He would, of course, deny that if he were sitting here in the studio, but he is. Carville said this is a fundamental threat to the United States because he said Christian nationalists don't believe in the Constitution. Ken Klukowski, he's a former Justice Department official under President Trump, here's what he had to say about it. He said, but his only proof, talking about talking about Carville's crazy comments, his only proof is the fact that Speaker Johnson rejects pure Athenian democracy. 
And he does. So did our founding fathers. That's why we're kind of a democracy, but we're a republic. He said, uh, uh, Klukowski said, a concept explicitly rejected by the U.S. Constitution. Pure democracies with no guardrails allow a majority to trample the rights of a minority, while a constitutional republic safeguards citizens' unalienable rights, including the freedom of religion. Mike Johnson himself says, this uh, Ken Klukowski, he goes on, he said, what, uh, Johnson says himself, what is democracy but two wolves and a lamb having lunch? Carville pointed this out. Apparently, he was oblivious to the fact that the phrase hardly originated with Johnson. That phrase has been around for a long time. Carville should know that. I, apparently, he doesn't or didn't care to mention it. But that, that phrase, democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch, has been around forever. For years, they've said Ben Franklin said that. Now there's people that have, have too much time on their hands, and they've spent, I don't know how many hours researching. They say, no, Ben Franklin didn't say that. It, well, it doesn't matter who said it. Somebody said it. I'm saying it right now, and I didn't make it up, so somebody else said it, and it's out there. But it gives you a picture of what pure democracy looks like, and that's why our founding fathers did not want to have a pure European democracy, which is something that Obama pushed for strenuously during his years as president. Democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. And then there's another phrase that's always or most often attached to that. It says, liberty is a well-armed sheep protesting the vote. I like the quote. It doesn't really matter who said it to me, but I can imagine Ben Franklin saying that, but it is true. It is exactly true in regards to the kind of constitutional government that we have here in America. Carville pointed out that <laughs> that the founders the founders didn't believe that. Kuklowski says that the Christian, the founders believed in a Christian moral philosophy, but also put a provision in the Constitution to guarantee that the political leaders would never be able to establish an official national church. This host, Bill Maher, of course, he picked up on that. He is not friendly to conservatives at all or Christians. But he picked up on that. He described the Bible as, I'm quoting him, quote, a book that subscribes to conspiracy theories and homophobic insults. They had a little panel going on on this video. I checked it out. Dave, Dave Rubin was one of the other guys sitting there in this conversation on video, on the air, on television. And he's, he identifies himself as gay and conservative. He was sitting there smirking and nodding while these other guys were saying this. And he wasn't saying these things, but he was giving obviously giving strong uh, approval of it. So in the view of at least two members on this panel, and you say, well, that, again, that, that, that's marginal. But, but it isn't because it reflects a much larger uh, a much larger belief or, or a, at least a consideration in our culture. So at least two of these guys on the panel, anyone who believes the scriptures is indistinguishable from Osama bin Laden. Let me, I have a copy of that letter. They're not in circulation now. It's not. I'm not saying that Osama bin Laden wrote this because I don't know, but most believe he did. 
and kids are believing it, and that's my point, millions of them are believing it. I've heard the question asked often, even on the air, uh, on news interviews and one thing or another, people are saying all of this anti-Semitism in America that's just flourishing on the, on the campuses. They had a hearing yesterday, in fact, Congress did, the House of Representatives had, had a, a hearing and they, they called in, uh, I think it was four presidents of Ivy League schools. There was uh, Harvard was one and uh, Pennsylvania was another and I can't remember the other two. I looked at some of the video, but uh, they were asking them questions. They're saying, hey, we support these colleges, no matter how rich they are, and they are, they're highly endowed, but these officials, elect, elected officials on the committee were saying, hey, we, we fund these things and the American people. Why? Are, what's going on? Because the presidents were not even taking a position against people who were railing against Israel on campus. And they are already are targeting the Jews on campus. And they had four Jewish kids uh, that did made a little speech about five minutes long. They were powerful speeches about what they're experiencing on these various campuses as students. So all of that was before the committee in Congress yesterday. But as we look at this, it's important what we're talking about here today because these kids are being fed with this kind of material because millions of people read it on TikTok, and that's primarily a younger younger audience. Here's some of the excerpts from that letter, the letter to the American people from, apparently, Osama bin Laden. It begins on page one with this, in the name of God, the compassionate, the merciful, to the American people. Peace be unto those who follow the righteous track. The subject of my talk to you is the overwhelming control of capital, money, and its effect on the ongoing war between us. I think he was referring to Afghanistan. He said, I talk, I direct my talk specifically to those who support real change, especially the youth. Now, I can't read all of it. It's, it's, it's four pages long. But let me give you a, a few excerpts from it. He says, your former president, this is at the beginning of the letter, your former president warned you previously about the devastating Jewish control of capital and about a day that would come when it would enslave you. It has happened. Your current president warns you now about the enormity of capital control, and it has a cycle whereby it devours humanity when it is devoid of the precepts of God's law, or Sharia law, he says. The tyranny of the control of capital by large companies has harmed your economy as it did ours, and that was my motivation for this talk. Tens of millions of you are below the poverty line. Millions have lost their homes and millions have lost their jobs to mark the highest average unemployment in 60 years. Your financial system is, in its totality, was about to collapse within 48 hours had not the administration reverted to using taxpayers' money to rescue the vultures by using the assets of the victims. And he goes on and on and talks about capitalism. This, These words are the words of, of Marx. I mean, just flatly. Obama or Osama did not make this stuff up. This is coming direct from Karl Marx. And he goes on about that for quite some time. Then on 
down later in the letter, he said, the course of the policies of the present administration in several areas clearly reveals that whoever enters the White House, even with good intentions to safeguard the people's interests, is no more than a train operator. His only task is to keep the train on the tracks that are laid down by the lobbyists if it is counter to your security and, and economy. Any president who tries to move the train from the lobbyist tracks to attract up um, to attract for the American people's interests will confront very strong um, opposition and pressures from the lobbyists. Your president uh, described the decision by the court in favor of corporations to victory for the American people, except for the big corporations. There is no doubt about it that it is a right, and it is also a right for the administration to support the oppressive Israelis for the continued occupation of our land and lobby. The, he said the Jewish um, the, the the Jewish lobby. The president was not able to defend you against the security and economic loss. He said the way for change and freeing yourself from the pressure of lobbyists is not through Republican or Democrat parties, but through undertaking a great revolution for freedom. That's Marx and Lenin. Not to free Iraq from Saddam Hussein, but to free the White House and to free Barack Hussein, that's Obama, so he can implement the change you seek. It does not only include improvement on your economic situation and ensure your security, but more importantly helps him in making a, a um, rational decision to save humanity from the harmful greenhouse gases that threaten its destiny. If you ever believe for a moment that this whole green movement is not tied into cultural Marxism, I mean, this guy's pushing the green agenda while he was living out in the desert of Afghanistan. For the American youth to succeed in this change, he writes, I'm quoting his, the letter here, in this change, they need to re relive the history of their ancestors and the conditions in, in uh, their country more than two centuries ago. They need to understand, he's speaking to American youth, they need to understand the similarities during the era and their present situation, especially in their fundamental uh, conditions. The British Parliament sided with corporations, then against the interests of the citizens. Then he goes into a spiel about how uh, using our Declaration of Independence against England, against America today. And he's reverted that. He stood it on its head in the next several paragraphs. He quotes Thomas Paine and uh, several other people that are among our founding fathers. And he's taking what we did for to bring about our freedom as a model for the youth in America to take against our current system and our government and our institutions and to tear it down completely and separate themselves from it. That's what he's doing in this. He continues... Toward the end of the letter, he says, if you want a real settlement that guarantees your security in your country and safeguards your economy from being depleted in a manner similar to our war of attrition against the Soviet Union, then you have to implement a roadmap that returns the Palestine land to us, all of it, from the sea to the river. It is an Islamic land not subject to being traded or granted to any party. In conclusion, be assured that we do not fight for mere killing, but to stop the killing of our people. It is a sin to kill a person without proper justifiable cause. 
but terminating his killer is a right. You should be aware that justice is the strongest army and security offers the best livelihood. You lost it by your own making when you supported the Israelis in occupying our land and killing our brothers in Palestine. The road to safety starts with the stopping of aggression. Palestine shall not be seen captive, for we will try to break its shackles. The United States, I'm reading verbatim, the United States shall pay for its arrogance with the blood of the Christians and their funds. Peace be upon those who follow the righteous track. I am not saying that Osama bin Laden wrote that. I'm saying that it is said that he wrote that, and it's been circulated around the world. What I'm saying is that this is what's being fed to tens of millions, probably hundreds of millions of youth all over the world, but particularly on our campuses here in America. That's why that's why they're carrying on and they're holding these rallies, pro-Palestine and all that kind of thing. These kids have read it. It was all over TikTok for, I don't know, a week or so. And that's the basis for it. And that's the basis for this conversation that these guys were having in the beginning that I, I spoke about with uh, Mars program that is on CNN. Liz Cheney, she's insisting that Trump intends to make 2024 the last election that you will ever get to vote in before smearing Speaker Johnson as a Trump corroborator, a term that was used to Nazi sympathizers. With what we've talked about this morning, you can look at I don't have enough time to go through a lot more. I wish I did. But you can look at what's being said in the news and you can see this thread from Karl Marx, Frederick Engels and those people and the people that followed them, their followers to Germany and ultimately to the United States. You can see this thread. It's very clear. Whether it's Liz Cheney or whether it's Carville, they're all kind of saying the same thing. They're taking words and they're taking ideas. They're taking um, ideologies from Marxism. And in this letter, Obama, Osama's letter, he is trying to incite American kids, students in particular on campuses, incite them to turn against their government in a revolution, and he calls it a revolution, in order to overthrow the institutions of our country, just like the colonists did. We didn't do that. We didn't go to England and take them on. We took them on here because they were suppressing us in this nation that we were trying to build, our, our founding fathers. It, it's a flip-flop, and yet the words, if you aren't informed, can sound very, very convincing. And these kids have been set up for this kind of indoctrination. They've been indoctrinated from the time this generation, from the time they were in kindergarten and first grade. I mean, honestly, they have. That's why I'm so strongly opposed to public education as it now is. I'm not opposed to education. The Bible's clear. We need to be educated. We need to be informed. But I'm opposed to what we have today in our institutions. Obama spoke of this often, but it was in veiled terms. But Osama bin Laden is very clear. He said, overthrow the institutions. You have to start a revolution. I'm saying this to the college students and so on. So that's at the 
the basis, that's the foundation of a lot of stuff we're hearing in the news today. Some of the people are talking in ignorance, some not. Thanks for being with me today, and thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.